Hey, Yohanyaks, welcome back to a very special edition of the Rambling Viking podcast where I am, it is the first one in the new series that I've been talking about for a while now that is involving stories of struggle or blessings born out of tragedy. Those are kind of the two things that I've settled on. I haven't finalized it. Of course, you know what the title of this is, but this is bringing your first um <clears throat> story of struggle and overcoming and working through that struggle and ultimately finding the blessings in the struggle and living with it because I think we all we all have our own struggles in unique ways and too many times we all feel like we're alone in those struggles and um <clears throat> or buy into the loneliness of the struggle and forget to realize that there are billions of people and people who go through much worse much less uh very similar, almost the same. And I think it's important to share those stories and acknowledge, you know, that there's struggle in life, but that there is also, I mean, there's many blessings to be found throughout the struggle. So, um, this is actually a conversation with my sister who, um, had some serious struggle with going, uh, she was in college when COVID hit freshman year. And so she was a part of that group who, was basically had to teach themselves and she has a special circumstance when it does come to, to learning and uh, don't really want not a disability necessarily, but more of uh, a specificity or, an, an, you know, she, she has a specific way that she learns. And so, yeah, there was a lot of struggle, but there's a lot of good that came out of it. And so, Sat down with her and got her side of the story and kind of she walked me through, you know, what college was like for the last two years and where she's at now and how she's better for it, too. It's It really is, you know, interesting when you look at that and you see, you know, we spend most of the time talking about, you know, what sucked about it, right? And then you talk about what sucked, but then once you're on the other side of it, looking back and you can see valuable takeaways or ways that it made you better. And I think, all, I think struggle is, is a part of life. And a necessary part, and I think we should, I mean, the point of exercising and going to the gym is putting yourself, your body under strain to keep you healthy, make you healthier, make you more in shape, and make you better. So struggle is a fundamental part of life that we need, and I think, you know, naturally we we kind of try and take the path of least resistance, and that's fine, but we we do need some struggle in our life, and some hard struggle, really, I think pushing yourself to your limits and is, is a good way to show your see just how much we can take and it'll you'll be better for it so uh, that's enough rambling about that though but this is the first in this series of stories of struggle and I think I like that title better um, where we have blessings born out of tragedy I like that phrase though but it's just long but this is the first of the the stories of struggle and it's my sister telling her story of college with COVID, or during COVID, I should say. <laughs> she didn't, she had COVID the whole time she was in college, four years. Talk <laughs> how long COVID. No, she's just uh, going into her third year now. So, but now, yeah, now she's. I mean, she, I being her brother, obviously, I could. I remember there being points, several points of, like, is she going to be able to make it? And she's now here on the other side and more geared up and ready to go and confident than she would have been otherwise to as she takes on this next step as she goes into her next step of schooling. So without further ado, the first story of struggle is my sister, Rachel, dealing with 
um, a changing college landscape throughout COVID. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode where we got a guest and it's going to be the first in our stories series, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, blessings born out of tragedy, overcoming strong stories. I don't know what the title is yet, but um, uh, first, first one to come forward is my sister come forward. Like she's like, you're some sort of victim of me too. Um, you know, it was my sister and she said she wanted to tell her story about the last, well, now almost two years of dealing with, she's someone who's been in college and dealing with, um, you know, that transition of going to online college. And specifically for her, it was, we know that it was bad for everyone and difficult for most, but specifically for her, it was that shift related to the pandemic of being exclusively online and totally shifting the form of the classroom had, a, had an even bigger effect than it does on most people for some specific reasons. And we'll, we'll get into all of it though. We're going to tell front to back and talk about how she's gotten through it and dealt with it and, you know, how ultimately it's made her stronger. So uh, Rachel, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Tell um, us if you want, you can tell us a little bit about yourself or just where you're at now versus where you were when this all started and um, then give us a little background. All right. Um, I'm a junior right now at a community college and um, in Oklahoma City, and I'm um, majoring in uh, respiratory therapy. And actually, I just turned in my application today for it. And um, so that's kind of where I am right now. Um, okay. So why don't you give us a little background about um, your situation with uh, learning and involving learning how you learn. So I kind of foreshadowed it. And just to give the, the glimpses, you know, most people are in a situation where we have our preferred ways or our best ways of learning, whether it be reading, auditory, visual, what have you, um, tactile. And most people can learn most ways. They just learn best a certain way. But you're a little unique in that you, it's not that you just learn best one way. It's that in a lot of ways, you practically speaking, you really only learn one, you know, or, or it's, it's not your strength. It's the only way that you learn. So give us a little background about that. So um, kind of struggled all through school. Um just because school was hard. <laughs> and I know a lot of people will say that, but um, I got, um, I got tested when I was in sixth grade and um, found out that I am a very strong and only visual and auditory learner. So what that means is I need a lecture and um, all the time. And I also need PowerPoints or notes given to me. Um, so I can follow along in um, the class or whatever I'm taking. So it's easier to learn for me that way. 
Okay. Um, and obviously being your brother, being close to the situation, I, I have insider information, but uh, talk to me to, just to help build that perspective a little more um, is, you know, you talk to me about basically, or the way that I came to understand it through, you know, going, seeing all this and kind of being a part of it is that like, you're, you're, you would intake the information and then uh, when it, but when it came to like tests, you, the, the recall was a difficult part, right? The information yeah. was there. It's, it wasn't like you, you, you heard the thing and didn't learn it. It's like, you knew the information, but for whatever reason, the way you're wired and when it came to recall, a traditional test didn't really work for you. Yeah. Um, so in high school, I got put in this program. It's called discovery and really only my high school offered it. And it's just for students um, to help them learn in their um, certain way that they learn. Um, so, for example, in my situation, whenever I was in discovery, I took all my tests verbally. Um, I never wrote really anything down on my tests. I would answer all the questions verbally and my discovery teacher would write down the answers or circle the answer or um whatever. And, um, when it came to my ACTs, um, because I was in the discovery program, I had accommodations on my ACT. And so I was allowed to have time and a half on all my ACT tests. And I had three weeks to take my ACT instead of, you know, the eight hours. Mm-hmm. And so, so um, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say in regards to that test taking, I mean, tell me about like, what was the difference like when, from when you were just trying to take tests normally to when you t- would take tests auditory? Was there was there a significant difference? Like if you sat down, if you, had, if you had the same test and you took it like everyone else took it, where you just sat there silently and tried to yeah. fill it out, versus if you took that test in Discovery, was there a difference then? Oh yeah, um, probably between a letter grade and a half to two letter grades different. Oh wow! If I took it by myself. And um, if I was in a room of kids, um, I would get C's, low C's, mid C's, and I would study for weeks. Mm-hmm. And if I were to go to my discovery teacher and take it with her, I'd get A's um, easily on the test if I took it verbally. Wow. And so um, just, and also what we also found out is um, if I could just go in another room and just talk out the the question, read it out loud to myself and kind of argue with myself a little bit. And, you know, if it's multiple choice, put in the answers in the blank that are, you know, the four answers that are there, fill in the blank like that. If I could do that all verbally with e- even by myself, I would improve my grade si- significantly. Wow. But if I'm in a classroom with other students, I get test anxiety and Mm -hmm. I freak out and I try to calm myself down. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I don't do so well. So it it just sat, you know, basically the the simplest way to put it is like your brain processes auditorily, even, you know, because we all think to ourselves and read silently and it's like the information can go in, but, but for you, it's like your brain really doesn't start firing on all cylinders unless that's being worked out verbally. And so, yeah, I could see, I mean, cause the number one thing when it comes to taking tests in a classroom is 
like be very okay, you, quiet. quiet, no noise. Right. And so that kills you. So, okay. So that's interesting. So that, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit to kind of set the stage so people could understand your situation as is, is that like you yeah. already have a specific way that you, that you have to learn. Not that, I mean, cause that's a big deal to go from like C's D's to A's and B's just from even just reading it out loud to yourself. That's a, that's yeah. a significant difference that you can't chalk up to being like, well, it's just, you know, cause I think some people might, and they, they probably won't, I'm probably playing this up, but there could be some way of thought. Well, it's like, of course, well, I would do better if I had more time and someone reading me the questions. And once again, I come back to the point of, it's not really like you're doing better because it's easier and you're not on that time crunch. It's like your brain processes it differently. So, all right, that's yeah. enough of that though, but we can kind of jump into really what you wanted to talk about. So that being said, what, um, when the pandemic started, I mean, I guess I'll just let you take it away from here and you can start, you have your notes. So like you started to tell me earlier, so just go ahead okay. and dive into it and uh, start talking about, um, yeah, just start telling your story. So, um, I think everyone remembers March 11th and, um, whenever Rudy Gobert became the best defensive player in the whole NBA, cause he shut it down with COVID well, I was actually at that game, and um, my spring break had started, and so I was going home the next day anyways. And um, so March – so that was first day that COVID hit was March 11th. March 12th comes, and um, I got an email from the school saying, hey, we're extending um, spring break three weeks. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to complain. That's fine. Um, I was also taking 18 hours. And, um, I was taking, so that's four, I, I found out that was, that's about four classes and three of my four classes were eight weeks. And, you know, traditionally a, a college class is 16 weeks long, which is a whole semester. Eight weeks is half the semester. And OCCC, um, the college I go to had it put a limit on how many eight weeks you could take, how many eight week classes you could take at one time. So I would, like I said, I was taking three and they were, they were all in person. Well, um, March 13th comes and still no news. If, you know, they're extending the semester, are we quitting the semester, you know, so on and so forth. Well, finally, March 15th comes and I get an email saying rest of the, the rest of the semester is going completely online. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I'm trying to think like everyone, how's this going to work? You know, are we going to do zoom so on and so forth. And um, then I get another email saying the campus is going to be closed and, and until further notice. So that means professors aren't going to be available and tutors aren't going to be available. So I'm like, okay, you know, well, that kind of shoots everything out for if I need help. Um, so I guess I should tell you what classes I was taking. Um, I was taking math, which more depthly was called functions and modeling, which covered from college algebra to calculus. And so that was all eight weeks. And then I was taking mythology, which was eight weeks. I was taking psychology, which was eight weeks. And then I was taking success in life in college, which is just like a freshman class that, you know, I'm sure other colleges have that freshman class. It's probably called different, but um, mine was called success in life in college. 
That yeah. was my only 16 week class. Other 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 colleges call it uh, freshman blow off because that's what it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what this class was. That's what um, they all are. And so um, that's kind of how, you know, that's what classes I was taking. And I took it with a shock because I'm like, okay, I've never taken an online class before. Um, I know I can handle eight-week classes, but I don't know if I can, you know, handle three of them online or whatever. Well, my living situation is I'm living, I live with my oldest brother and his girlfriend And at the time, my brother had just become um, a nurse, an RN, and he got a job at the heart hospital. And because COVID was, you know, running rampant um, and a lot of hospitals were having COVID units and whatever, um, he got put on COVID duty at his hospital. So he was working COVID and I have a low immune system. And so my brother and his girlfriend talked to me and said, Hey, we would really feel better if you moved to Enid and stayed there just because we don't want you getting sick because, you know, a lot of us didn't know, you know, how deadly COVID actually was, you know, when it's March, you know, in the middle of March and had just come up on March 11th. And so I moved back to Enid and Um, spring break, like they said, was extended for three weeks. So I didn't do any schoolwork for three weeks. And then finally schoolwork started and I did, was not prepared for how many hours I would spend a week doing schoolwork and more, uh, more, I was more, more focused on math because naturally I'm not very good at math, but whenever you get put in a math class that is from pre-algebra to calculus, you know, that's kind of intimidating. And, um, quick question. Yeah. Uh, did with this three week, with the three week extension, did it, how did they handle where they were in the semester? Did they extend it on the back end three weeks? Did they, did it, did it, did they, did they just kind of erase what you were supposed to cover and, or did they just like, like what was their policy or did you have that three weeks get piled up and get, and they try and like complete everything? Uh, three weeks was piled up and you tried to complete everything. So they, so they then condensed it and you, you were already taking eight week classes. And so yeah. now it's got shortened to a five week class, but still covers the the full eight week amount so even though they're like yeah three week break but we're still gonna have to make up all this work okay cool i just wanted to that was one quick question anyways carry on um so my math class was my hardest class just because not i'm not good at math and um my math professor wasn't the best professor either and he gave a lot of work so for example just on math alone i was spending 40 hours a week doing math and that's teaching myself because my professor, I would email him questions and whenever you can't, cause they all, he also wasn't doing zoom classes or, or zoom. Yeah. He wasn't doing any zoom lectures or anything. And so it was fully teach yourself. Um, he had no office hours over zoom 
And so I had to give them five to seven business days to reply to a question I had. But since it's an eight week class, I had assignments due every day. I had multiple assignments due every day and I had a test once a week. So, so this professor essentially went on summer break and didn't do, didn't do any online lectures, post any videos, just decided to give you amount, give you the work to do and be done. Even though his job is to teach you how to do it and then give you assignments to make sure you know how to do it and to help you out. And in light of that, he still was saying, give me five to seven biz- a week, basically, uh, to, to respond to any questions you might have. My question becomes, and, and I'm sure this is not a loan situation. This is, I'm sure this is not a singular situ- scenario. Yeah. But to me, that is, that, is, that is completely and totally insane because he's literally just didn't do his job. They didn't, didn't do his job at that time. And like was like, yeah, no, basically that's not doing your job at that time. And then it's not only not doing your job, but when your job is to help students learn now, the students aren't learning. And so that's, that, that is, that is so crazy to me that I don't know what the thought process is that, well, I know what the thought process is there. I'm on break. I'm done. No, no, no. We're, we're not going to be in class anymore. Well, then I'm done. I'm just gonna give him a bunch of work. That is wow. Okay. Um, and one day, I remember this clear as day, I was struggling with this math problem. I didn't know how to do it. I went to Khan Academy. I went to YouTube, you know, doing all the things to try to figure out how to do this one math equation. And so I finally asked my dad and I said, hey, can you come and help me with this? Well, my dad hasn't done, you know, actually hasn't been in a math class for probably 50 years. And in his words, Math has changed in 50 years because the invention of calculators, you know, was made. And I, I, and with this class, I had to use a graphing calculator. And so I told my dad, I'm like, Hey, you know, this is what, you know, the internet said I had to do this, this, and this on the calculator. And dad's like, I'm not sure how to work the calculator. I only know how to do it longhand. And so he tried to show me, didn't work. So we quickly realized, all right, you know, you're going to need a math tutor to help you to help you get through this class because you need to get through this class. And so um, a guy from my church in Enid, he um, taught math in high school and he also taught math um, at the college level. And he came and tutored me on Saturdays. Well, we soon figured out that wasn't enough. And, um, I contacted my brother, the one I live with, um, my oldest brother and said, Hey, you know, because him and his girlfriend are both really good at math. And they agreed to tutor me during the week and they tutored me five days a week. And, um, whenever one worked, the other one tutored me and vice versa. And we would get on zoom and we'd be on zoom for a minimum of four hours and we would just work through math assignments and um, homeworks. They would help me with quizzes. They would help me with tests, um, everything, just to get me through the math class. And it was very, very helpful because, um, like I said, my math professor was no help. So um, then my 
Uh, I, I actually had an old math professor reach out to me. He emailed me out of the blue and said, hey, you know, just wanted to check up on me um, and said, hey, you know, how are you doing? Do you need any help with anything? And I said, yes. And so he, um, I told him what I was going over and kind of what the math, my math class was. And he had actually taught the math class before functions and modeling. And so he sent me all of his PowerPoints. He did Zoom with me. He taught me um, how to use my mathing, my, my graphing calculator. And um, so if you want to add it up, I had about four tutors for one class. That you had to source yourself. Yeah. And um, like I said, I was spending at least 40 hours a week just on my math class. Plus weekends. Mm -hmm. I tried to take at least Sundays off, but I never, not every Sunday I got off from math. Um, But, you know, I also had to fit in my other classes that I had. And, um, really my other classes were kind of a stress relief from my math class. And I really, really enjoyed my mythology class because it was over all the mythical um, stories from all the different, different or all the different kinds of cultures all over the world. And so all I had to do was read in that class. And so I really enjoyed that learning, you know, the different stories and what, you know, different cultures believed and, their gods and goddesses and stuff like that. And so um, really enjoyed that class. And then my psychology class, my professor was a G in that class. I can tell you right now, I didn't pass any single test, but she gave me a C (laughs) in the entire class. She gave me the benefit of the doubt. And um, I, I mean, I enjoyed that class just because, you know, it's psychology. It's interesting, but um because my math class was so, so hard. Um, for example, I'll just tell you kind of the workload. I would have eight assignments due within two days, two quizzes and a test every week. And, um, so you can see why it took me, you know, 40 hours to do all that stuff because I had so much work. And um, so I really felt really defeated and really down. And I just felt like I was putting in all this work and I was barely getting anything out of it. And it, you know, this phrase is a lot easier said than done. You know, a lot of people told me, oh, you're not the only one going through this. You know, the whole world's going through this. You're not the only student going through this. Yeah, I know I wasn't, but it sure did feel like it because kind of everyone I knew that was around me, you know, was already out of college. And most of my friends who went to other universities weren't in school because their university just decided to go to straight summer break. And so um, I felt like I was really one of the only, you know, I felt like I was the only one still going to going through school and I, I was struggling. And so I think that's why it was so hard for me because I wasn't just taking, you know, a few classes. I was in three, eight week classes. I was taking 18 hours. It wasn't easy. And I mean, you can, 
there's some solace when you find a, in knowing that like, okay, there are, I mean, this is, a, this is schools. Like there are other people that I'm sure are struggling, but it doesn't change the, it, at the same time, doesn't change the fact that you were, you, you were like, I'm in the suck right now, but, yeah. <laughs> and there's a bunch of other people. So we're all in the suck, but guess what? we're still i'm still in the suck like and that person is still in the suck meaning that person is still in the struggle i mean the struggle is still just as real and just as hard there's just a little bit of mental comfort in being like okay i know there are other people out there but not having any real examples around you like you said i'm sure it can be difficult so okay yeah. so how did that semester finish out well um i took a pass in my math class um, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that because the schools said you can either take a pass or a fail in place of um, your actual grade. And so I took a pass in my math class and I got all other passing grades in my other classes. Um, so it finished out fine. Um, I was very relieved whenever I took my last test in math. <laughs> yeah. Because I had summer to just relax. <laughs> So then over the summer, were there, were there changes that ensued? Was there, so, I mean, I'm sure there were more, more people who were, you know, you had fellow classmates that were, that could have been in multiple eight week classes. So well, yeah, what happened then? Um, so the summer, um, I mean, I didn't take any classes, but OCCC was still doing online um, completely and the campus was shut down. So you still, I mean, even if you needed help, you couldn't go to yeah. the campus to get help. Did they, yeah, what I'm saying, what I'm asking though is like, did they then going into the fall semester, like over the summer, did they change, updated any of their policies or, oh, or, yeah. or in light of virtual yeah. learning? Like what, what did they, did they figure out how to do it better is what I'm asking. Kind of. Um, they opened up the, the uh, campus so you could go to the campus, but if you needed help with anything or talk to your professor you still had to either email them and wait or they had office hours, but it was over zoom. And so, you know, I think you guys know how office hours work. There's only like maybe twice a week and they're only from, you know, you know, for example, like one to two or one to four or whatever. And so um, that's really the only way um, you could get help with stuff and I, I I was still online and I took and to keep in mind they were still only doing solely eight week classes. Okay. That was that was the biggest question I had. Okay. That's oh, what I was sorry. wondering about. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 it's fine. It's fine. But that was that's yeah. Yeah. They so, were only so they were so they only so this wasn't like you had eight week classes as an option. This is how they had been operating at this point. I guess yeah. I misunderstood that. Yeah. Um they actually changed the eight-week classes the fall of my freshman year. Okay. Okay. So, and, but, and so they didn't, and so here we are, you know, everything's online, whatnot. Um, and, and they, they stuck with it. Okay. They stuck with it. And um, I was, I took chemistry my first semester, my first eight weeks. I didn't do well just because, you know, trying to take chemistry online kind of sucks. And then um, I took it again. And I did a little better, but still not well. And then um, I took anatomy one, anatomy and physiology one online, eight weeks. 
And for anyone who's taking an, an anatomy class, I think you know how much it is just in a normal amount of time. Trying to take it in an eight weeks is crazy. Um, finally, summer of 2021, they decided to only allow one class in person on campus. And it was anatomy and physiology one. And because of COVID, you know, they only do a half, half class. And um, so instead of having 24 students, they only had 12. And so I quickly enrolled in that class and I got a spot and I was very happy because even though it was still eight weeks, I, at least I was in person and I could get a lecture and, you know, actually talk to my professor and I could probably do well. And um, well, I did. Um, I passed it with a mid C and um, with the help of my professor who bent over backwards to help me and kind of going back to the introduction with me taking my test verbally, she allowed me to do that. She allowed me to take my lecture tests and my lab tests verbally and by myself. And um, I got B's. B's, we got pretty much C's, B's, and A's. I got A's on all my, B's and A's on all my lab tests, and my lecture tests were a little harder, so I got C's and B's on those, but I mean, I I passed anatomy one, and or anatomy and physiology one, and then um, fall semester of 2021, they're moving back to 16-week classes um, only for science and math classes because they have figured out that students don't do well in those classes when they're eight weeks. Because those are extremely comprehensive, ex like they're extensive classes yes. and coursework and you have labs. And so, I mean, having, having taken, having, you know, having been through school, it makes no sense. There are some classes, yeah, that it works for eight weeks. Like I yeah. could have done an English class in eight weeks. I could have done... I could have even done probably a history class in eight weeks. I could not do a microbiology in a lab or an anatomy in eight weeks. Okay. But so I'm glad they, they finally came to their senses. So um, at this point, what had, how had, you know, you said that it was a very first struggle that first, you know, that the rest of that semester and into that summer and then um, the next two semesters, but then the fall of 2021, uh, things started to look up a little bit. You take one class. So where, where were you at mentally at that point? Like, what was your mentality like? Um, and how were you dealing with it? Were you still mostly uh, back? Or, or yeah. What was your mentality basically? Um, after I was in person with that anatomy one, an AMP one class and I passed it, um, I felt happy and it proved that I could do it, mm -hmm. you know? Because after having a year and a half of being beat down and defeated, you know, school was, you know, wasn't fun for me. It was more of a, you know, a chore. So after, after that summer, I felt better. I felt more, I had, I was more confident in myself um, for sure with school and I was ready to take more classes and I was excited to take school because I was finally back in person. So um, that fall semester, I only took anatomy. I took AMP two, which um, is just as hard as AMP one. 
um, but it was over 16 weeks. And so um, my first test, you know, coming, coming off of eight weeks, you have a test once a week and coming into 16 weeks, I had a test once a month. So it was weird. <laughs> it was weird to only have a test once a month and have a whole month to study instead of cramming, you know, studying for eight hours every day in an eight week class. So I think that was also, you know, that helped my confidence and, um, made me happy that, okay, you know, I can do this. This isn't the end of the world. We're finally turning around. Um, things are coming back to normal like they used to be, but. Okay. So outside of that crazy math class, the, so how long, how long were you basically completely online and completely eight weeks? Um, from started in the spring of 2020, then went in the fall of 2020 to spring of, well, no fall of 2021. No, no, that's last fall. Yeah. So pretty much it's all, well, Let's see. Okay, so 2020, I went through all of 2020. I would let's see, it's 20. Yeah. I would say most of 2020 I was well, all of 2020, right? All so in mo- was in, in most what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is um were were all your classes more formatted like that math class in that there was no lectures, there was no videos, it was just a bunch of coursework? Were there other teachers that did like Zoom lectures or even just provided lecture videos or PowerPoints of what to go over? What was the general formatting of your online classes? All of my classes were do-it-your-own work. Okay, so they so, just provided you coursework and said, do it, read the textbook, basically. Read the textbook and that's it. Teacher yeah, <laughs> sounds like sounds like something I could do um, if I went to a textbook store today yeah. and was like, I want to learn chemistry one. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, go read the textbook and I'll do all the equations in the book. Okay. Cool. That's why that's why I didn't enjoy it because I'm like, well, you know, like I was th- I was looking at it. Well, here we go. Here goes another day of teaching myself and s- teaching myself for. 10 hours <laughs> yeah and paying someone to tell you to paying teach yourself someone to teach me and i'm teaching myself that was fun. pretty incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> but now um so got done with that anatomy my my mp2 class last fall i did fine i passed um now i'm taking this spring semester i'm taking um cardiovascular pulmonary anatomy which is just anatomy over your heart and lungs and your 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 respiratory system and i'm taking chemistry around us which is um chemistry for non-science majors and it's eight weeks and online which i wasn't too happy about but it's a bearable class so but that's mostly teach yourself and no lecture, no PowerPoints, just 
read the textbook. So. Okay. And now we're here, right? But uh, I guess coming through it, getting through it, getting to the other side, which I, the, there's plenty of people who didn't and plenty of people who have and plenty of people that probably had little to no problem with it. But we know by and large, there were many issues. Basically, people lost a year or two years at this point of schooling. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back now, I guess, I, I mean, how has your outlook changed? What's your perspective? What did you learn about yourself, about dealing with that struggle specifically? Uh, and then, you know, how did you overcome basically every, the worst barrier in the world being put up for your, for how you have to learn? Um, I think I showed myself that even though, um, you know, obviously it wasn't the ideal situation. I found a way for myself um, to, to learn and to teach myself the material and the, you know, the little things that helped me get through the class, um, which was mostly sitting down and reading everything. And, um, but I mean, it got me through and, you know, I look back at that and probably think it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Um, but I made it through and here we are now. And like I said, I turned in my RT application today. And so that just proves that, you know, I made it through. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> How does that change your perspective moving forward when you, uh, about potential challenges you might face in just in, in any aspect or area or did it change? Um, just work hard, work hard at it. And, um, you know, there's a light at, at the end of the tunnel, you'll get through it or I got through it. You just got to keep your head down and keep on going until, you know, you get there, which I feel like in my, my situation, I kind of had the worst of both worlds. I had an online eight week math club, math class with a professor who didn't help me. So, mm -hmm. you know, most, I would say most students, either they had, one or the other, not both. And so I feel like I had a unique, hard situation. Um, but, you know, like I said, I got through it with the help of others. And I had a very, I, I had a lot of people around me that were very encouraging and um, helped me get through it, um, particularly my family. Um, my family was very encouraging and um, helped me every second away and helped me, you know, get through it and, you know, reminded me like, Hey, you know, you, you can do this. This isn't the end of the world, you know, even though it feels like it. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, yeah. So. Do you have more confidence um, when you think about potential challenges you might face in the future now, as far as yeah. if you can handle them? Yes. Okay. Um, and what were some, I guess, are there any other positives or, you know, because basically, because a lot of people have been through a similar situation, especially those in school. I'm, I, I thought virtually every day, you know, <laughs> virtually, uh, that's a funny <laughs> pun, but, but basically almost, you know, every day it felt like I, I had the thought that uh, thank goodness I'm already through college and through school because um, I would have absolutely hated 
if if I had if I had gone through this situation when I was in school and I didn't necessarily have that much trouble with school and I can I, and I don't have one specific way that I have to learn too and and you know and I'm and I'm sitting there going that like, I absolutely would have hated it and uh, so do you think do you think the fact that you had to get through that struggle leading up to like throughout elementary school middle school and high school and figuring out you know, your situation of, of how you have to learn and having a, a specific accommodation like that. Um, do you think that had an impact on your ability to handle the situation? Yeah, just because I've never been very confident in myself with school anyways. And so um, whenever we got thrown online and then, you know, having to teach yourself, I'm like, well, that kind of, you know, I, I went, I, how, how I described it is I crept back in that hole of, well, I'm not very good at it. So why try? And, um, that was, that was always eating at my, that was always eating at me. It was always right at the doorway saying, well, you know, you can, you can drop this class, you can drop this math class and just take it again. Or, you know, just take a pass or just try to get through it because, you know, just, just that lack of confidence just because, you know, in the past I wasn't very good at school. And so getting thrown in, in, in my, my words, you know, in my also view of the worst possible situation ever um, really dropped my confidence a lot (laughs) in those last, you know, what was it? six weeks or whatever I had left school longest six weeks ever. So you mentioned before recording, you, you kind of had some positives and some, some positive takeaways. Is there, is, is there anything else to add in that realm as far as, you know, getting, getting through this struggle or anything else you have to add about that? Um, I mean, no, not really just, kind of well i guess finding out new new things um about what i can do and what i'm capable of and how much you know how how much i can take before i give up which i can say i never gave up so i've never been i haven't been pushed to that limit yet but i have definitely seen how much i can take and how much i can overcome um in a limited time but, um, yeah. So in a weird way, without this situation, you probably wouldn't have as much confidence and you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know just how far your limits, how far you can go or be pushed. Is that correct? Is that fair to say? Correct. Correct. So knowing that now, are you more prone because naturally we all want the path of least resistance. And that's not always the worst thing in the world. I think when driving, you know, obviously the shortest distance and best time is the, the, the way to go. But I think in a general sense, in a more philosophical sense, if you want to say that, you know, going through life, I think one thing, one thing that we can all acknowledge is important is, is, going through struggle and having struggle because with struggle, you, you learn and you grow and you realize just how much you can accomplish and where your limits actually are. People rarely reach their limits. And so, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, I guess, looking forward, do you have, 
do you now think about, okay, how can I challenge myself? Not necessarily like, how do I make things hard? But are you now look, have, looking back and seeing the benefits that came from that? And that was an absolutely horrible situation. But would you say that ultimately there are plenty of benefits to come out of that struggle? Yes. Um, looking forward to um, RT school. RT school is um, hard. It's a 12 month program and I have, you know, classwork and clinicals and just proving that, well, I can get through online eight weeks and I can also get through an eight week A&P one course. I think I can get through RT school pretty, you know, not easily, but you know, it's not going to be a huge stress on me because I can prove that I can do it. So that's right. kind of, and, and, and I think that's important too, because that's, and that's kind of what I want. That's the whole point of the series and sitting down and getting people's stories because, you know, in a lot of ways, tragedy bears sadness and struggle, but tragedy also can, can bear blessings. And uh, I came up with this phrase when, <laughs> when uh, Juliana forgot her, her outer liner ski jacket, when we went to the mountain one day and she f- ended up going to pawn shop and found this awesome ski jacket for 40 bucks. That's colorful, fun, and way better than her setup she did have. And so we were on the, we were on the lift that day. And I was just like, man, I was like, what? a I was like, this is a blessing born out of tragedy. And it just kind of like fell out of my mouth. And then later at the same time, you know, I was kind of exploring getting some people's and getting, getting people and getting their stories. And um, so that's, you know, that's, that's where we're at is, and, and that's what I want this to be is to be stories for like your story. I, you know, if, if, if someone else who's had similar struggles or is having similar struggles and maybe, maybe they have a similar situation. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of times, especially in that scenario, I mean, you can speak to it probably more than anyone else is that when you're going through school and you're sitting there and you're just, you're basically failing and you don't realize that you have, you have a, you know, a specific need in, in the way that you learn more so than your average person, you know, you feel, you just, you just, let me guess, you probably just thought you were, you were dumb or stupid at some point. Right. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> and then, but then what, when you figured out that, no, I'm not, you know, oh, I just have to learn this way. I mean, you want to talk about confidence boost. That was probably the ultimate confidence boost. And that may be true for any, for other people who listen to this, that is that like, you just may not, I mean, I remember having conversations with mom and dad where they were like, we were like, we don't know what to do. And I was like, and they were a little nervous about college and they're like, how she's going to do. And I was like, look, I've seen, cause I I've seen people who or heard stories of people at that point who yeah, they didn't fit in the, the typical mold, if you will, of, of someone, you know, oh, this is how things should work. Or this is how you should learn, or this is whatever, yeah. how you function. And, but when they figured out how they functioned, then they could figure out a way to bridge that gap between the way that say the classroom is functioning and the way that they function. And when they bridge that gap, then the world was their oyster. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you, to hold out a little bit of hope that maybe you're just, maybe you, you just need to do it a slightly different way. You know, like some people color, this is simple, but like some people color code their notes and it 
and it like opens up their brain basically yeah. when it's color coded or or just the way that they write their notes or you know they read they read it out loud you know like you talked about with your tests so uh, Rachel, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story because especially sharing struggles like that and things like that can be very difficult because they're deeply personal. But uh, I do you know, want this to be a positive n- note, be able to put stories of struggle that, you know, that ultimately and the positivity and the good that ultimately comes out of them is because I think a lot of times we only want happy stories or we want... I guess, I guess some of the best movies are those where it's like overcoming stuff, but I think we live in a day and age where people are more, how do I put this more fragile than ever. Yep. And it's the end of the world. If, if there's some struggle or roadblock. And I think, you know, you in, at least in that sense, with your, with your situation, you, you offer tangible, you know, tangible evidence of like, no, that's true. Like, yeah life sucks and things can really suck sometimes, but it doesn't mean that you can't get through them and you can't be better for it. So yeah, exactly. Do you have anything else to add? I don't. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Um, I want to, I, I, I would like to just, I guess. No, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, thanks so much <laughs> for being on Rachel. Thanks for sharing your story. Uh, thanks for tuning in everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I, am going to now shift to my post-recorded outro. And there you have it, folks. The first uh, story of struggle in this hopefully uplifting series. Um, Hope you enjoyed it. And if you have a story of some struggle, whether it be yours or one you know of, that's uh, that, that can be inspiring and, and powerful that you want to share, please let me know. Uh, you can reach out to the show. You can email the show. It's ramblingviking at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, DM, DM me. Or if you know me personally, you can hit me up personally. But there's, I think there's a lot to be found in through tragedy, through struggle in this life that... I think now more than ever, we have, sadly, I think we have people who are more fragile and more susceptible to, you know, anxiety, depression and whatnot. And we saw that through the pandemic, but, uh, and I think it's because we have a generation lacking in that struggle and people don't know how to deal with that struggle. And so uh, I want to have these conversations, build these conversations to build out positive stories and um, inspiring things that you know, we're not alone in the struggle in the ways that we struggle and that we can get through them. And it just requires a a level of fortitude, but also I think a level of support. And I think that's one thing that, you know, we didn't hit on a whole lot, but uh, I think you could hear it in her voice when she was talking about how important, you know, her, her people in her corner were and having people in your corner. So whether you are someone who needs some people in your corner or maybe the opposite, maybe you need, you know, you can step up and be, be that person in someone's corner for them. And I think that's important for us to consider. So, uh, yeah, as always, don't forget to make sure to leave a five-star review, share this with whoever, if you have a powerful story, uh, and, and and it doesn't have to be anything crazy, like life threatening, but just, it could be something simple and, but talk, but talking about that and want to talk about it, or you, you want to 
you know, maybe if, if you're camera shy, microphone shy, whatever, and you could put it down on paper and I could, you know, read the story or read a synopsis. But please, please let me know. Hope you enjoyed this. If you liked it, please let me know. If you have any feedback, ideas on how to make this better, hopefully not make it worse because I, I, I don't need any sabotage. I'm already, I'm already, besides, it's like how much less of a podcast could, you know, how much less could this get? It's not like I'm Joe Rogan over here with $100 million from Spotify or anything having all the experts in every field on my podcast casually. So yeah, but uh, thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. If you're new here, welcome to the Hanyak Horde. Make sure to go check out the merch store and represent for the Hanyak Horde. And how many more times can I say Hanyak Horde in this outro? I don't know, but yeah, so a little bit change of pace from your normal dose of weird and, but nonetheless, I hope you enjoyed it. And, and one last thing, just on the note of my podcast, cause I've, I've, you know, brought it up meeting a lot of new people, meeting new places, and they've asked me, you know, what's it about? And I honestly don't have the best answer, but really I think my vision is, in so few words, hopefully, is, you know, I just want it to be, for for example, people are, <clears throat> as a whole, I mean, we have our personal beliefs, we have our relationships, we have our struggles, we have our ups, our downs, we have our laughs, like, people are multifaceted, and that's what I want this to be, is, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna get the fun... <clears throat> You're going to get the comedy. You're going to get the the interesting and the weird. You're going to get the sad and the struggle. You're going to get the cultural. You're going to get the political, the the personal, the religious, all of that. And because, you know, people, all all of that, I, I almost think of it as like a person, right? A person has many different facets. And this, this one has. So not every episode is for every person. You know, I have sports episodes. I have uh, political episodes. I have just funny episodes and I have these episodes. So that's, I mean, that's really the vision for my podcast. And if you would like to help out in any way or have any, um, suggestions for me on ways to improve it, please let me know. Now, if you have any criticisms, you can just leave those, keep those to yourself, uh, or just take them and put them down the drain. Cause nobody needs those right now. Okay. Okay. I don't need that. I'm not struggling. I'm perfect as I am. You know, you know how it'll be. So, all right, that does it. That's enough for this Norwegian goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will see you right here next time on the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head Hanyak signing off. <laughs>